It's time for the 8-Minute Devotion. The 8-Minute Devotion is a daily message that fills you with hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Here's your host, Pastor Cameron Walcott. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to the 8-Minute Devotion, our Wednesday episode, and I'm so glad you have chosen to join us as we delve in, dive into the book of Romans, this wonderful letter written by the Apostle Paul. And as we said yesterday, our first section is going to be on the wrath of God, because really the first three chapters of Romans talk a lot about God's wrath. As we said yesterday, his wrath is his divine outpouring, his continuous divine outpouring of anger against sin and unrighteousness. And also, as we said yesterday, if we ignore the wrath of God, if we pretend, oh no, he's just always a smiling old grandfather in the sky who's always smiling on you no matter what you do, if we give that message, or even if we don't explicitly say that, but if our gospel sort of gives that idea, We are not preaching the full counsel of God's word because God hates sin. God hates unrighteousness. God hates that which is against his nature. If he was not that way, if God did not hate evil, he wouldn't be good. To be good, God has to hate that which is evil. And we looked quickly yesterday at the end how Jesus himself, when he was on earth in his physical body, how the wrath of God functioned in his life. One example, John 2, he went to the temple during the Passover. He saw the money changers. He saw those doing business in the temple. You know, uh, history tells us when we look back that a lot of times these so-called businessmen were not even on the up and up, but they were cheating people. They were giving terrible exchange rates. It was like, well, you have to go to the temple to worship. If you don't have this, uh, if you don't have this ox, if you don't have this turtle dove, if you don't have this exact sheep, God's not going to accept you. So they extorted people. They, They used religion to extort people, to extort the money from others. Jesus hated that. And he didn't just hate it and say, hey guys, you got to change, you got to do better. No, he took a whip. Imagine Jesus with a whip driving people out, whipping those who were, who were taking advantage of people in his house. Jesus hates sin. And that was one example from his own life of when he did that. Later on, this was his first Passover of his ministry. Three years later, just before he was crucified, he cleansed the temple again. So John records the first time he cleansed the temple. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record a time three years later when he also cleansed the temple right before he went to the cross. But today we're going to consider this, that God's wrath is real. God's wrath is real real. Revelation 19, 11 through 16. This is another picture of the wrath of God, and it's another picture of Jesus executing the wrath of God. And it's a sobering passage, but I want to read it because, again, if we only talk about the nice stuff, if we only talk about, oh, uh, happy, happy, joy, joy, without talking about what happens when we reject God, we're not giving you an accurate picture of who God is. So what happens to those at the end who have rejected Jesus? What happens when he returns to the evil armies who gather against him and his people? Revelation 19, 11 through 16. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. 
And the armies in heaven, clothed in white linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This passage describes the judgment against the Antichrist at the end of the tribulation. Jesus comes down on a white horse with his eyes as as flames of fire. His robe is dipped in blood, and a sharp sword is coming out of his mouth. It says this sword will be used to strike the nations. Jesus does not return just as a meek and mild little baby. Praise God that he came as a baby, that he became man, that he understands us, that he suffers with us. Praise God for his first coming, that he identified with us, and he came in meekness and humility so that we could be saved, so that we could receive his grace and mercy and be changed. Praise God for those truths. But when he returns, he's not coming meek and mild. He's not coming as a baby. When he returns, he is coming as a warrior. He is coming as a king who will rule and will reign for a thousand years here on earth and then forever and ever in eternity. And he's coming with a sharp sword in his mouth, eyes like flames of fire. He is coming to bring judgment on all who have turned against him, specifically the Antichrist, the Antichrist and his armies who have gathered against God's people, who have gathered against the city of Jerusalem, but also against all who are not saved. God's wrath will be real. And I say all this, not that you constantly live in fear, oh no, is God going to reject me? If you're born again, if you're walking with the Lord, you don't have to live in fear, but you do need to realize how amazing it is that God has saved you. You do need to realize that when you minister to your friends, uh, when you minister to your loved ones, it's good to share the love of God and the hope of God. I do that, but also we need to let others know as the Spirit leads us. It's not just that following Jesus is good and it's an extra added bonus to your life. Following Jesus is commanded by God. And if we reject him, we are subject to his judgment. His wrath is real. And when Jesus returns, whether it's in five years, 50 years, 500, 5,000 years, I believe it'll be a lot sooner than 5,000 years, but nobody knows for sure. When he returns, we want to be ready. It could be tomorrow. We want to be ready. We want to be ready for him. And we don't want him to return as a judge in our life. We want to be on his side, that we meet him in the air and that we are on his side. You know, I think of Jonathan Edwards, the great American preacher in the 18th century. Uh, He was the spark for the first great awakening in America. Thousands and tens of thousands of people turned to the Lord. What was the sermon that sparked the revival? This was before the Revolutionary War actually happened in the 18th century. Uh, It was his sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And as he preached, people realized they were guilty before God. They uh, They had offended God. And as they realized their guilt, they came in repentance. They returned to the Lord. They cried out for mercy. If he had just preached, oh, God's a loving God, and no matter what you do, he loves you, the revival would not have taken place. He preached about the wrath of God. It drove people to the Lord. Friends, as the Lord leads us, I don't think we should always be mean and angry and frowning. We should be full of joy. We should be full of love. 
But as the Spirit leads, we need to let people know the truth, that God's wrath is real, and that all men everywhere are commanded to repent. We want to be on the Lord's side. Thank you for watching and listening. We'll be back tomorrow on the 8-Minute Devotion. Thank you for listening to the 8-Minute Devotion. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to or watch it. And email us at the8minutedevotion at gmail.com with any questions or comments. May God bless you.